Welcome to Turkey Talk, a show where we talk all turkey all of the time. The Turkey Talk podcast is presented by Matthew Myers Custom Calls, Van Meter and Sun Lures, and Iron Horse Gunworks. Thank you for tuning in and enjoy the show. Episode 20 of the Turkey Talk podcast. I am your host, Matthew Myers, and this will be our first episode with the newly formatted show. Still be having guests come on to talk everything about turkey hunting. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome the guest for this show. Much appreciate his time and effort to come on. Uh, Matt Lehman. Thank you so much, man. Yeah, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, the pleasure is all mine. Great to get it worked out and to have you on and pick your brain about turkey hunting. Um, I guess first, Matt, where uh, where are you today and, and how are you? I'm doing great. I uh, I just came inside from, uh, I've been building a deck here recently, so it's been in the mid-90s in Kansas, so it's been pretty hot. Yeah, yeah, that must be what's coming my way here in Indiana because they say uh, it's supposed to turn up beginning tomorrow we've been pretty fortunate this week it's been like low to mid 70s and a little bit of rain here and there so i think that's what's on the horizon oh, for us i wish we could get that weather it's it's truly been in the low to mid 90s for the last i don't know seven eight days here so we we could use a nice little cool front yeah goodness i would say so so you're in kansas <laughs> okay yes sir i'm in southeast kansas i'm located right around uh cherryville Okay. Um, another town that's a little bigger that someone might know of is uh, Independence. <laughs> so you're, and he's not been on the show yet, but I got the pleasure of, of meeting him and, and we hunted <laughs> together a little bit. You're, you're right there close with Trevor Bays. My boy Trevor Bays. <laughs> yeah. Name drop him a little bit. I'm sure later on in the show when we start talking about some things, he'll be mentioned again. But yeah, it was, yeah. he mentioned Independence and like, when, when he said that, my eyes just like grew because I was a big fan of The Last Chance You on Netflix. I don't know if you've seen it or not, but. Yeah, I actually have. I have seen that. That's funny you bring that up. Yeah. So were, were you familiar, not to get off topic here, but to, like with all the people around and all that going on, did you encounter any of that? Like when the film crews were there in your local town? So I, uh, I've been living in Kansas since 2014. And uh, I want to say that show was filmed a year or two after that, if I recall. And um, I didn't, I've been in a town called Howard uh, for, I don't know, four or five years since 2014. So, so no, I have not, I never did see any of the production down, down this way. I came after the show was over, okay. but I thought it was pretty ironic how, uh, how I've been living out here and I come, come to this town and I, flip through netflix and i see that that it's uh an independence so <laughs> i know that was pretty cool yeah right that's <laughs> that, that's how i was when trevor mentioned that and i was like holy cow but yeah yeah to get yep. to get back on the turkey related stuff man um mm -hmm. so ha take us back and you know we'll talk on your your u.s slam and all that and the things that you've accomplished and that, that you're involved in but man where did it all start for you and um how and just how did that get rolling for you back in the day since I was a little kid, I've been very fortunate. My father owned an archery shop, so he kind of, I, I had no ch no choice but to be uh, growing up into the hunting world. <laughs> so 
um, he would always take me tagging along behind him, stepping on his footsteps, so to speak. Um, I'm from Edmiston, New York, so I, I grew up in the Northeast, and yeah, turkey hunting's always been been my uh, main go-to for, for hunting. I love it. So what, what struck that? You know, you're in an archery shop. You, you know, you, you mentioned earlier before we hit record that you're also a fanatical deer hunter. What, what got you into the turkey side of things? Uh, my fa- like I said, my father, he, is, he was a big turkey hunter, actually. Um, he, uh, he used to guide a lot of people um, back in the day. Um, we live pretty close to Cooperstown, the Baseball Hall of Fame, and he knew, uh, he knew some guys that were up in the Baseball Hall of Fame, and uh, he'd bring, they'd bring in some baseball players, and if they wanted to go turkey hunting, uh, they'd always refer them to my father, so he would, he would take a lot of guys out there way and that's kind of how it got me into to guiding honestly i've always thought it was pretty interesting so um i always wanted to be in the outdoor industry growing up as a kid and uh now i now i own an out hunting outfit in southeast kansas and i do uh whitetail and turkey hunts so and we had a great great spring this year i had uh 25 turkey hunters and 22 tagged out so i thought it was a pretty good season overall yeah, I would I would say so. That's that's great numbers, a great percentage. Um, yeah, it's it's been kind of a double edged sword with the with the guiding though, because it's it really has slowed down the uh, the slam a little bit with taking clientele on. But I uh, I've obviously found a way to get it done. <laughs> yeah, no doubt about that. So, at what point did you leave New York, the Northeast, and make your way out to Kansas? I left New York in uh, 2014, um, but prior to that, I used to film for a TV show called Bowhunter Magazine, and that's that's how it got me out to Kansas. I had a buddy that that filmed out out in Kansas, and the the outfitter he worked for or filmed filmed with, excuse me, um, the gentleman was looking for turkey guides, and uh, my buddy called me and asked me, and I said, "You don't have to ask me twice. I'm I'm done filming." <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that's kind of how I got out here in Kansas. And then once you got there, you just set up shop and you're... That's right, yeah. There. Yeah, I ended up buying a house out here after a couple of years of guiding. Um, after my first first year of guiding the outfitter, he asked me if I wanted to uh, come back and do whitetail. So I obviously said yes to that. And um, I worked for him for probably three or four years. And then I uh, came to another outfit. And um, now I actually, I, you know, like I said, I took it over and... So I'm doing doing it all on my own now. So you handle all of it yourself, and yep, is your business what? What's the name of your your business, Matt? So it's uh, 180 Outdoors, um, and we've been on TV several times with a bunch of shows and whatnot. But uh, um, I think I'm probably going to keep it 180 Outdoors. Just just that's what it's always been. Um, but if anybody know, knows me personally, I always go with uh, Gabby Wood Outdoors. That's that's my LLC. Okay. That's, that's, <laughs> and it's a little inappropriate when everyone's like, what is Gabby Wood? And <laughs> I tell them, well, yeah. <laughs> you know, when you hear that first gobble of, of the spring, what, what do you get? You get a Woody. <laughs> uh, that's, my wife kind of thinks it's a little ridiculous, but... <laughs> That's funny because well, whenever I you had told me your email, what to use, 
I guess I didn't really put those two things together, but now it's yeah sort of stuck in my brain. <laughs> but I mean, it's facts. Right. It's facts. You're being truthful with people, so it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're a true turkey hunter and you hear that first gobble, I'm telling you what, you're going to be pretty jacked up. I would say so, no doubt about it. <laughs> and where you're located so. there in Kansas, I mean, you're just right in the midst of just some outstanding turkey hunting, deer hunting, and I'm sure you, if you wanted to expand more, you could probably have, uh, you know, extensive outfitting on other types of game as well. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, if anybody knows me, I'm really, I, uh, I could easily make a ton of money doing this, but I really want a good quality hunt. So I, I literally run no more than 25 turkey hunters spring usually. Once in a while, if, if I'm cutting off on that 25 mark and I get, you know, a group that wants to come in, depending on the size, but it's usually right around that number. And it goes the same with whitetail. Um, the last two years, I have uh, I personally haven't killed, but my clientele, we've killed a, a 216 in uh, 2021. And then last year we killed a, or excuse me, I was reverse. We killed a 212 in 21. And then last year uh, we killed a 216. So I, uh, giant all i lack is an yeah all i lack is an archery hunter to to shoot a 200 incher and i feel like i've met the pinnacle of, <laughs> of my guiding career so to speak that's uh some impressive numbers man um is is does that basically take up your entire year like when you look at it as far as you know your preparation and the habitat and just making sure things are going like they should for you know turkey season in the spring and then yeah. your deer hunting in the fall and winter absolutely yeah i i honestly methodically think out where where i'm going to be putting my turkey hunters and i ask every turkey hunter i know it's hard but i ask them to stay out of my sanctuaries i'm i'm very big into the whites and don't get me wrong turkeys are my life like they're, they're really number one to me for for hunting but the deer is slowly creeping up on that and you know to kill a giant deer you you really do need to stay off your property and Obviously, as an outfitter, you know, I, I have to pay for all these leases, so I need to bring in hunters. And, mm -hmm. um, so with, with the turkey hunts, I really, really ask folks to, to stay out of my sanctuaries and whatnot. And, and everybody's pretty respectful. And, and I know we're typically where all these birds, birds are roosting and whatnot. I run trail cameras during the spring, so I'm pretty on top of things. I hunted. And, and, uh, yeah, go sorry, ahead. No, no, go, go ahead. ahead. No, go ahead, Matt. I was just going to say that the turkey hunting here used to be really, really good. Like when I started in 2014, it was exceptional. And then um, I brought Trevor um, from New York. Trevor's from New York as well. And uh, my boss asked if I could hire somebody uh, for guiding for turkey. So, I, you know, I brought Trevor in and I think we killed uh, 73 turkeys <laughs> between the two of us our first spring together. And I'll be honest with, with you, after that, it, it slowly went downhill for the population numbers. And Kansas just recently, well, not recently, but it's been, I think, three years now, or maybe we're going on four, but they dropped the bird limit down to one. Yes, I, I remember reading that. So so basically, when people are looking yeah. at, at, like, declines and things like that, and when you look at Kansas, you know, you got weather, you got predators, and then you got Matt and Trevor, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm joking but knowing that knowing you two what little i know and trevor a little bit you know from meeting him and keeping up with both of you 
you're definitely both lethal on turkeys and you've proved that. So <laughs> you put the two of you together. Oh my goodness. That's funny. Hey, we owe it all to God, you know, he's, yep. he's everything and he, he allows us to do this. So absolutely. No doubt about it. So I guess even going back before you moved out to Kansas, at what mm-hmm. point did you take off and think, okay, I'm, I'm hunting in New York, my home state. I'm now going to branch out and, you know, sort of get a little uncomfortable with it and try out some new things. When and where did you decide I'm going to hunt somewhere new? I'm going to go out of New York. Yeah. Our first out of state hunt was uh, Florida. And uh, we, uh, it was me and Trevor and we went down and uh, met up with Doc and we hunted, hunted some public um, down there. And we were fortunate enough to kill a bird our very first spring down there and, and uh some public land i'm not going to say any names but sure as as we all know florida's getting pretty tough <laughs> yeah and if anybody wants any specifics just get doc's books and you can invest in it that way that's right and, exactly yeah and yep. and before we jumped on i was talking about you know with doc we talked a little bit about him and about to finish up his third book so i've really been intrigued by him he's been on the show and you know the relationship with him and the bays family and trevor at, mm-hmm. at what point we'll hold up there did, did you and doc become friends and meet one another i'm sure that was through trevor and your your friendship or even how did you meet trevor yeah. so i uh it was actually back in college i was sitting in uh I, I went to college for photography and videography and i was actually editing a photo of a gobbler a picture of a gobbler i got crossing the road and i'm not kidding man he had easily inch and three quarters for i mean some absolute daggers and um we used to be on this show, or we, we when we were younger, we created this show called The Outdoor Adventure Team, and, and you could go back on YouTube and find some really ridiculous stuff on us. But but anyways, uh, as soon before as I got done, on that... As soon as we're done here, I'm going to go back, and I'll, <laughs> I'll even include some links to some of those videos on this podcast. Oh, goodness. <laughs> uh, that, I probably shouldn't have said that, because there is one haunt with me. You know, we we were talking earlier about doing competition calling, and you know, I, I laugh because I I watch that video, and my calling is downright horrendous. I'd give it that uh, uh probably a two out of ten. It was pretty bad, <laughs> but it's pretty cool to see how far I came in the last few years of, of mouth calling, though, from from watching that video. But but anyways, back to uh, how I met Trevor, um, the guy that actually ran this show. He, uh, as I was editing this photo of this turkey, he came into the room. He was doing some work too, and we got chatting, and and one thing led to another, and I ended up uh, going hunting. He paired me up with Trev, and he and I went hunting. And our first hunt together, Trev will probably want to smack me, but I watched Trev miss a big old gobbler at about twenty five yards on our first ever hunt together. But uh, ouch! But since then, it's been pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I would say so. Yeah, man. So. Yeah. So you meet him and then it kind of like leads you over to, you know, getting to know Doc and all that stuff, I'm, I'm assuming. Yeah. So uh, after, you know, that with meeting Trev and hunting with him for a couple of years, we, uh, we both realized we have the same passion and, you know, killing two birds in New York was just not enough, you know. And so we, uh, Trev got a hold of Doc and Doc gave us some pointers on where to go. And we uh, jumped in the truck and drove 20 straight hours to Florida and, Gave our gave our shot at some public land down there, and ever since then we've been just ate up with it. I love it, I love it, man. Hopped in <laughs> and just drove down and did it. That's great. 
Um, yeah, and I, gosh, I was, I think I started doing this since I was, I'm 33 years old right now. And I think I uh, started when I was 20 or 21 when I really got serious about it. Okay. So you're, you're in college when you guys meet and, and all that. So you're around, yeah, or you're yeah. around 21 when you headed to Florida. That's right. Yep. Okay. And I had no idea that you had this big background with photography and videography and that you went to school for that or you just had a class of, of about that? No, I went to school for it. Okay. You went to school, went to school for, it. for it. Yeah. I didn't know all that about you, man. I was, I was into the videography stuff oh, a handful of years oh, ago cool. and still, still enjoy all of that. But, uh, have recently gotten rid of all that. Yeah. So, but yeah, dude, that's cool. I personally am not so much in it anymore. I, I sort of got burned out a little bit from it, from filming so much and being on the road. And it, it was, it was a lot, but um, I still, I still enjoy it here and there. I take photos here and there, but that's really cool. I guess I'm getting a little, uh, I'm not sure what the word for is it, but I like to kill now. I'm being a little, <laughs> a little selfish, I guess. Oh yeah. That's, that's, that's easy to do. You know, you get tired of being behind. Part the of it is though is, yeah. Part of it is, uh, three, chi- I have three children under the age of six coming up. And, um, <laughs> I know once, once my boys get a little older, the gun's going to be out of my hands for a long time. So yeah, you better make the best of it. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So man, you, you go to Florida, you, you, uh, kill your Osceola, your first out of state hunt. And then yep. from there is just, fell in love with it i assume like everybody else i did you know florida is my out of every state that i've done florida i have to hunt florida every spring i could not miss it it's it's like home to me i have to be down there and you make that trip every spring yes sir i do yep every spring i go down in the last couple of years with my wife you know being a school teacher now and whatnot we we really she doesn't have a whole lot of time so i really in the last two years, I've only hunted, I think, a total of three days, which is pretty unfortunate. But at least I get to get down there and do a, you know, a little bit of hunting. We go down for family vacation, so my life, wife lets me slip away for a day or two and head to the to the swamp. Yeah, I know how that is. <laughs> you, when you when you include the wife to make it a big trip, you gotta you gotta steal a lot of that time. Yeah, for her. So that could be. Yeah, before before that, it was. Uh, I just go down there by myself and I'd be down there for four or five days hunting. But now, you know, with family, you have to, you have to to put family first. So, yep. Yep. And this is probably when you went down, you had said you were 33, 21. So we're looking at 2011 approximately. Yeah. Right around there. Yeah. I'd have to say so. I'm pretty bad with my dates, so I apologize, but I think that sounds about right. No, I'm I'm putting you on the spot here. It's nothing nothing <laughs> nothing accurate for sure. But so you get done with that Florida trip and then you did you hit anything else that first season, any other states, or just kinda leave it to New York? <laughs> no, I mean I would have, but um I'm I was pretty poor at that time, so <laughs> the funds were pretty low. You were a college kid, absolutely, <laughs> you know. I'm, yeah, absolutely. We uh we lived off ramen noodles and peanut butter and jelly. Hey, nothing wrong with that. I I love a good peanut butter and jelly no. or <laughs> peanut butter sandwich, especially when you're out on the road turkey hunting, eating out of a cooler. Nothing, nothing, can't, nothing can't beat it. No, you can't beat it. No, sir. Um, nope. So when you really got to rolling in it and you thought maybe not even like the U.S. slam, I mean, I, what, what, oh, I take that back. You know, in Doc, 
you probably caught on to mm-hmm. that pretty quick. Um, yeah, as a kid, you know, as a kid, I always wanted to, uh, I always wanted to, to travel. I, I've always known about it. I would always watch competition calling when I was a little kid uh, online, you know, back way back, but way, way back before Matt Van Sice was, was a, mo- I mean, he's always been a monster in the competition, but, um, that was a long time ago. It was, it was before he was killing everybody in it. I would watch that and. That's kind of that sort of sparked my interest, and then when I met met Doc, it, it was like game over. Like, yeah, this is what I I need to do. I need to start traveling. And that's funny you mentioned that about the calling. Like up in that area, that seems like it's a, a, a rich tradition. New York, PA. When you date back to it's the probably because our winters last about ten months out of the year, and there's nothing to do. <laughs> <laughs> a person's got to get their mind on turkey hunting and turkey somehow. So if you can't hunt them and it's freezing, uh, just have competitions. That's right, and turkey season doesn't come in until May first, and uh, every other state it seems like is in in March and April. So you're you're chomping at the bit up north. Yeah, and I've gotten into really following the, the the competitive calling here in the last couple of years, and it seems like, especially back in the day, in those seventies, eighties, into the nineties, a lot of those callers was just in that area, PA, New York, yeah. maybe even Ohio. Um, I agree. Just, You're right. Just, it it uh, seems like a lot of, a lot of the top dogs there. Are- from the northeast yeah of course you, you hear a lot about it if you're a podcast person like when you have like a, a denny galvis on and he talks about a lot of that history oh, he's i love listening to denny he's he's awesome yeah he's 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 something isn't he <laughs> he's been he's incredible man he really is and honestly he's probably the best turkey caller i've ever heard he is very good i mean he don't put out much of the stuff but he's he's exceptional yeah, no doubt about it. His calls that he has very unique. I've I've got one, and his DVD. I think I just got one of his DVDs, but just some some really cool stuff that he was putting out there before. You know the things that you would see on TV about how hunting, yeah. went, and then he puts his stuff out there, and it's just such a contrast on more of the t- uh, technical side of things, you know, tactical and how to handle some That's situations. Right. So, yeah, really, really cool. Yeah, he- uh, really cool fellow there with all that, the, the turkey calling and turkey hunting. But um, Absolutely. So that that's another thing we can branch off onto, Matt, is the turkey calling um, outside of the, mm-hmm. the turkey hunting. When did when did you spark that interest to begin, you know, competitive calling and, and what what kind of calls? Gosh, I was a pretty – nobody really knows this, but I, I'm actually – I grew up running pot calls my whole life pot calls and box calls and it wasn't until I was probably oh gosh 16 17 when I really got got you know starting on a mouth call and I guess I didn't really get serious calling on a mouth call until I was till Florida really when I went down to Florida and that's when I started getting pretty serious so since I was 21 but I really haven't been mouth calling a whole a whole long time compared to some others but but I do love it, and I drive my wife and kids crazy with it. <laughs> yeah, sure, I get that totally. <laughs> so I got to go hide yep. in the basement sometimes, or just go outside. <laughs> go outside. That's right. Yeah. And so, at what point did you get into your first contest? I actually uh, I did that online competition a couple of years ago during COVID, um, 
and I didn't even, my wife signed me up for it. I did. I had no idea. She just said, Hey, I signed you up for this. And I was like, what? <laughs> you did what? Nope. I personally, anybody who knows me, I don't really like calling in front of people. I, I honestly feel like it's a little weird. Um, but, but in the woods, you know, with, with clients, uh, it's, you know, it's not weird to me then, you know, because I'm trying to kill a turkey, but, but when I'm just calling for no reason, it seems kind of weird for me. But, um, after I did that, I got a little more confident. And then my, my buddy, Bruce Sally, who actually just won the world's, uh, in friction, uh, I think it was what last week or two weeks ago, maybe. Yeah, I believe it was a couple of weeks ago. I want to say I was up in Michigan hunting there at the tail end of that season, and yeah, it, it was going. That's on. right. Yeah, yep. So he he won the worlds, and I'd love to say congratulations to him. He really really deserves it. He worked very hard for that. And, um, before before that, he asked me. He came out here to deer hunt with me, and he asked me if I would do the uh, team air and friction. I said, you know what? What the heck? I might as well give it a shot. So I went to Nashville and called him that with him. That was that was pretty different. I'm not gonna lie. It's it was pretty pretty weird. I personally called terrible, <laughs> but it was good to get some experience. So, so outside, I'm pretty of, fresh into it. So outside of your COVID year online contest and this past year at Nashville, have, have you not been in mm-hmm. any contests outside of those two? No, zero, absolutely zero. No kidding, did. Correct me if I'm wrong, but in the air and friction, did did you guys place in that? No, we did not. No, no, sir. I feel like I I watched that. I watched that online. I, I went down to the the NWTF, but it was just on that mm-hmm. Saturday and everything prior. I was watching on the computer. I, right. I, yeah. I almost I almost swear I saw you guys, and my, obviously I thought you guys did a good job. But for some reason, I was thinking you had placed there in the top top few but nevertheless man wow. no sir but quite a stage to jump up on for your uh yeah i uh i was pretty nervous going into it i'm not gonna lie but um i just went and did it so did you run the air and he did the friction or yeah he did friction i i don't i honestly i haven't touched a pot call or box call in, my gosh i bet seven years now i mean i'm strictly mouth call yeah. Okay. I knew you had that experience with the pot calls and you kind of jumped over with the mouth, but you had said, yeah, as soon as I threw a mouth call in, I fell in love with it. Okay. And he just won the worlds in the friction yep. and friction. Yes, sir. Wow. That's really cool, man. I, I just figured with knowing that and you were in that involved that you had like maybe more of a history to it, but to just go jump up there and, and, and go at it. That's pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it was dumb on my part or <laughs> but I gave it a shot, so Yeah, you did. And I'm I'm I wanna say I'm hooked on it. I'm not sure yet though. I'm gonna do a I'm gonna try to do a competition this summer. I would love to I would love to qualify for the open and, and give it a go. I, I personally you know, I, I do have some sound files of myself calling on my social media page on Facebook and um I'm pretty a sporadic caller like i'm very i don't like to just do one thing i'm my mind kind of flutters and i've noticed with the competition call you know you got to give up and get up and give an assembly yell etc and i've never been the greatest at doing you know i obviously can do all those but i i tend to roll them into something else you know and put you this way i would do i feel like i would do very good on that new format that they do 
yeah when you get into the finals and they want you to put like the scenario yeah. together yeah that'd be a little, that's right yeah a little more up your alley yeah i'm pretty good at running scenarios i uh i honestly try to be in the woods as much as possible even even after turkey season i'll go and sit in the woods one day and just see if i can hear a turkey gobble somewhere oh yeah that's uh, as a matter of fact it was earlier this week i was sitting on my front porch and i was still out in the distance across the way i was hearing some turkeys still gobbling but i've also got in my backyard you got the gobby wood didn't you matt I got the gobby wood. I get the gobby wood every day <laughs> because I've, I've got, I actually don't get as much of a gobby wood now because in my backyard I've got, well, at one time they would have been, I guess, wild. I got two gobblers and two hens. So it's like gobbling all day long here at my house. So it's not. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. So there's been a couple of occasions where they're gobbling or the hens just out there just going after it. Um, They've kind of got some things tuned up here around the house. As a matter of fact, there was a hen right back here in the backyard this spring, and I, I believe they've enticed some gobblers across the road to come out a little bit closer. So it's pretty cool. But, yeah, mm -hmm. you get to hear it all the time. And you mentioned that with the scenarios and all the little subtle stuff that you hear. It's cool to go out and listen to them, and especially the hens Absolutely. just doing some of their feeding sounds. And um, here, yeah. here lately they've been a lot more just broody acting. Um, with them laying and doing some stuff, they've just been very, very chatty. Yeah, I had a friend uh, this morning send me a uh, picture through a text message of uh, two hens, and gosh, I couldn't count how many poults they had. Uh, there was there had to have been a dozen at least in that photo, so I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, man, that's great. Holy cow. Yeah, it's always wonderful to see that, especially I know here in Kansas, it's been pretty scary the last few years here with our turkeys, so um it's nice to nice to see some some poults running around yeah so your your guys's hatches here lately in the last couple of years how's that gone for you guys in kansas the last couple of years it's been phenomenal like i i personally i stopped my guiding uh end of april um just so i could finish my slam but uh i could have easily ran up an entire month of may turkey hunts and i would still have birds so I'm looking pretty good for next spring. That's awesome. So even if we have a bad hatch, but I believe we had a pretty good hatch hatch this spring. So I'm I'm looking forward to next spring for sure. You're in the woods all the time. What are some things? And you're very knowledgeable with with the sport, um, turkey hunting. Mm -hmm. What are some things that you see there around Kansas that really impact? the hatches, the nests, the hatches, and even like the poults. What are some things that you feel are just very, you know, very terrible for them and, and, and just them continuing on? We've been, we've been absolutely getting pounded with the rain late May. And I think, you know, that's pretty much during hatch season, you know, at late May and, and early June, you know, it's been nothing to get 10 inches of rain in, in a few days here. Um, prior to the last two years now, we've been in a severe drought, which is why I personally think our turkeys have been doing so good here. Mm -hmm. It's been very dry. So, so you know, that wet weather, it kills them poults pretty quick. So you would put, and I agree with you, weather is probably the number one thing that just... Weather and, and obviously predators. I myself, I'm just a blame. I'm terrible. I need to do a lot of trap. You know, the, the coons are out of control here. Yeah. They're, they're really bad. I actually have a gentleman coming up from Louisiana to do some coon hunting on some of my, my ground to take them off. I mean, I had a trail cam photo last fall with 33 coons on it. Whew. 
right? I mean, it's incredible. I've never seen that in my life. It, it's, it scares me to see that. I mean, those are some turkey eggs. Turkey eating eggs, son of a guns, right there. Well, and, and it's it's kind of tough in your case too because it's a double edged sword with with you having the deer side of things. I mean, I'm sure you're putting out like well, what's within you know being legal feeders and things like that for the deer. And I mean, yeah, Kansas is a bait state, so we're allowed to bait all year all year long during turkey season and, and whatnot. So I, I I don't personally bait all year long just because the cost of corn is crazy now yeah. it's too expensive to bait all year but um i basically um pretty much the only time i don't bait is is may and june and then uh i'd have to say january february and march yeah so, so most of the year i'm, I'm baiting most of this most of the year but um and it, it helps it helps the wildlife for sure i would i would have to say yeah and, and when you're doing that i mean you can't help but it attract things like raccoons and coons yeah. yeah so yeah that's cool you're having somebody come in and do your part that this last this last winter was the first time i've ever gotten into the trapping i got some uh, dog proofs and i didn't have a, a lot of them but you know going out and setting them and, mm -hmm. and catching some stuff here and there that was a lot of fun i really enjoyed it so i'm gonna try to build on that and continue. i feel like yeah i feel like any coon you catch might save a nest you know so you you're doing a great thing by doing that Right. So it, it's it's obvious there that, you know, the the predators like the coons, possums and, and, and the weather are both responsible for a lot. But you mentioned that about the weather. Um, you got to imagine that at least throughout the Midwest, it should be another great hatch this year because I know Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, um, it sounds like Kansas, maybe even out through Missouri, you know, a, a pretty hefty drought went on throughout the month of May and I it did into June and I mean, hell it may even still be going on. I know when I was in Michigan, they were just totally flabbergasted the locals cause they'd never seen anything like it. Like the, the side roads and I know Kansas is the same. Those gravelly dirt roads were just like a tornado when you drove down them. Of dust. Yeah. Yeah. It's been very scary here. We, uh, don't quote me on this, but I wanted to, um, one of the, uh, farmers, he came in and did a, uh, a speech at my wife's school. And uh, I think he said we're down 27 inches of rain here. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's pretty bad here in the Southeast of Kansas. We're, we're very dry this, this summer. We, we've definitely gotten more rain than we had last summer, but we could really use, we could use another 10 inches, honestly. Well, now let's hope it doesn't become too much of a drought to where it's affecting the turkeys and having, having water, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's yeah like, no, you're right, yeah. But you, you got to think not having all the, the rain and the timing of all that coming through, that, that, that should definitely help things out. And it sounds like it has the last couple of years. Um, the states are looking like in these certain areas have really rebounded. And so far, this, this, yeah. this spring going into summer hasn't looked any different. Yeah, no, and uh, I, from what I've heard, I don't know, if, I don't think the bill has passed yet in Kansas, but uh, we might be going to a draw state as well for Turkey. Yeah, I don't know if you've heard that, but I, I have. I heard it, read it, something. It was it was posted somewhere, and um, yeah, you know, it might have been something. Yeah, like somebody shared it, and I, I looked at it through like a story or something. But yeah, it was Kansas talking about doing like a draw. Yeah, I mean that just goes to show you how how bad our population has gone down. 
I mean, since, like I said, in 20, 2015, we killed 73 turkeys between Trevor and I with our clients. And uh, now, I mean, it's it's gotten pretty bad. It, I, I would say 2019 and 20 was, as a matter of fact, I had three turkey hunters during, during 2020. Okay. It, it just the turkey numbers were so down. I, I didn't even want to. And between that with COVID and everything, you know, people didn't want to travel, but it, it was honestly a godsend for, for me because the turkeys were so low. We really needed to take a break. That helped a lot. That was probably the only positive I see from COVID. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it kind of kept some people out and they were able to, to get back after it. A little At bit. least in Kansas. I know, I know across the country though, it seemed like everybody and their brother wanted to turkey hunt in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of people had that option for sure. Um, I, I want to. There's say, a lot of newbies in the woods. Yeah, I want to say 2021 is when I went to Kansas and I hunted there. Um, oh, cool! Where did you go in Kansas? Man, I was in. I was looking back at this the other day, trying to find which I've got it marked on my Onyx, but I was looking somewhere else and I just could not pinpoint the the local town. But I was in the north northeast, more or less. Oh, yep. Uh, okay. Yeah, and just... Right above Kansas City, then. Yeah, up there somewhere. And yep. going into it, I just researched in that area a bunch of the Weehaw stuff. I, I, I guess with, you know, it was just kind of like go there and hunt, kill, and I'm not even looked anymore into Kansas, but they had a bunch of that Weehaw yeah. access. And in that area, I wanted to go to based on some harvest numbers from past seasons. I kind of narrowed in on some and dropped pins on... The typical stuff like the uh, the creek bottoms with the trees and all that, and man, it just yep. Luckily, lo and behold, I, that first one rolled up too. Listened that morning, and there was a turkey there. So the next day was uh, that's awesome. Yeah, the next day was opening day, and managed to slide in, and I I killed him. So it was a lot of fun, man. Like nice. A buddy and I went out there, and he was in turkeys too, and killed one the next day at a totally different area. So it's a good time in Kansas. Um, now yeah don't get me wrong there's still there's there's birds here there's definitely turkeys here but it's it's not what it used to be i tell you that right from what i've heard from the farmers from several years ago it, they, they would tell me they would see spring flocks of 60 plus birds which is just crazy yeah now i can tell you that of the few spots i had pinned right there in that general area that was the only spot i heard a turkey and there was one turkey and there was not two there was just one just one, yeah. One turkey, yeah. Yep. Uh, Kansas does have some absolute incredible uh, public, though. I will say, I, I'll give them that. They have some really good public here. And I assume they've still carried that on with the amount of uh, properties that, you know, landowners put their property in that. I don't know the details on that either. Um, I, I'm guessing maybe they get paid money or they get some sort of kickback on putting that in that program. Yeah, 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 that's correct. Yeah, I believe. I personally, don't quote me, I don't, I'm pretty positive that's that's how it goes, yeah. Yeah, but the, I don't know on the deer side of things, but looking on Onyx, which was really detailed, but, you know, like the month span, the time frame that it was open for turkey hunting or hunting in general, there was a lot of really mm -hmm. good, uh, a lot of really good property and land to hunt. Yeah, I mean, you can get on some, some, agriculture ground you know which is unheard of for public it's typically cattle cattle style pasture ground and, and hardwoods you know anywhere in the country but kansas we do have a lot of public with, with ag on it 
Yeah, yeah. This was I don't remember specifically, but it had the the pasture type layout with the uh, the creek bottoms there and things like that. But yep, we sort of hiked it around to some different places within those couple three days, just scouting and and hunting, and my my buddy getting his turkey killed, and just saw a lot of great a lot of great property, man. Awesome. Yeah. Well, congratulations to you, fellas, on on the Kansas. Yeah, yeah. It was pretty short lived, but it was a lot of fun. It and it, it was <laughs> it was just total luck. But you do that stuff, you know, via satellite on your phone or computer, and you like, well, this place looks like it could hold a turkey. And you drop a pin, and you show up, and there's a turkey gobbling, and, and it's kind of like, man, that's that's really rewarding, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Not, not to mention that's awesome. Not to mention getting it killed. So yeah, it's really cool how that worked out for that's, us. That's exactly how uh, Louisiana went for me this year. I uh, went to a piece of public land down there, and we got there, and it, it it was probably I don't know half hour before dark. We tried a couple spots, and we never got anything to respond. So I just randomly picked a spot for the morning, and lo and behold. We uh, got out of the truck and one was gobbling, so I thought that was pretty wild. Well, for yeah, you about lost me when you said Louisiana. I've not been there yet, but I've heard a lot of stories. So, man, fantastic! I, I tell you what, yeah, everyone says Louisiana is pretty tough. Um, both my buddy and I, we were down there and we each tagged out in four days. We killed them. We killed one turkey in four days every day. So it was it was pretty cool. Yeah, no doubt. And that and and I'm not gonna lie, there's a lot of people down there on that public we were hunting. Oh my gosh, there was the bird I I killed. I should have killed him right off the limb, but I had two other guys coming in on us, and um, he he kind of shut down, and I I shut down myself. I never touched the call. I slipped out of there, and I had a feeling I I knew where he was going, and um, I made a big probably two and a half mile loop on him, got in the vehicle, and drove way up and around came in from a whole different area and we ended up striking him up and I shot him at 10 30 that morning, but it was, it was pretty cool. Yeah, no doubt. Congratulations, man. Yeah. Thank you. It, it was awesome. It was a good hunt. He came in gobbling pretty good. And he actually, I'm Louisiana turkeys, man. The terrain, I was hunting in the, uh, Oh, I'd say probably the West central part of the state. And, uh, it was very thick. It, it's, it, it seemed like bear country to me. It was really thick country, and every single turkey that we killed circled us, all of them. We, they would be gobbling to our north, and next thing you know, you're turning on the tree trying to shoot them to the south of you. You know, it, it was pretty – it was some tough hunting, I'll, I'll say that. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like it, just with the circumstances and all that going into it. But, man, that's cool you guys yeah. you guys were able to, to knock it off and, and get that checked for this year. And that – Yep. I guess that kind of gets us back on our, our main topic from before, mm-hmm. you know, at, at some point there, you really, you really kicked off and, and started traveling around. So, you know, you, you mentioned being on a budget and at that early stages, you were in college, not having any money, just like all of us. I mean, I, I work, yeah. and I still don't have any money. So, um, <laughs> same here. Yeah. So did you, I think to- it's children, right? Yeah, kids and little things I want to do. You know, it all just, just starts, life. It all just starts sucking the money away, and we never right. we never make enough. Um, so I'll assume when you wanted to take off and really really start traveling, you know, what year was that? And you were probably trying to do that on a budget as cheap as you could. Yeah, I would have to say 
Let's see. So I have to say 2016, 2017 is when I really, really started doing it. And then um, 2021, I did 15 states. Um, I really decided that I needed to, to get after and I had had the money that year. So I, I did 15 states in 21. And then last year, I think I did 10 or 11. And uh, this year, I only lacked nine. So um, I think I did 12 states this spring, 12 or 13. I can't. I can't remember. It's all sort of a blur. <laughs> the spring was pretty wild for me. I had a really, you had- really tight deadline to try to get the slam wrapped up this year, just with my clientele. Um, I had two days down in New Mexico to kill a bird. And it's a 13-hour drive one way, so I really, I rolled the dice hard on that one. Yeah, you you had a hell of a run. I remember keeping up with you on social media. It was like every day you're in a new state and. It's kind of like by the grace yeah, of God, and then, uh, another turkey. Yeah, I, I don't know what it was. I had a, a horseshoe up my butt because when I uh, when I wrapped up my clients uh, April thirtieth, I had I had six days. I had to I had six days to do three states. I needed to get Kentucky, Delaware, and North Carolina done by May sixth. And uh, I roll into Kentucky on the first, and I I did six states in seven days. So it was pretty. It was a wild little run. I felt like I was in the behind the driver's seat more than I was in the woods. Yeah, that's Im- that's impressive, man. I'm still kind of wrapped up on your your 15 states, and when you throw like those <laughs> numbers, like 15 states, and well, you said you had nine states this year to finish, and you hunted like 12. You're, so, some of these might be like overlapping states, like Kansas, for example, or you know, do you ever go back to New York? Yeah, like you count some of those. Yeah, like Florida. That's right. Okay. Yep, Florida. I like I said, I always do. I always add that Kansas. I always kill my Kansas bird every year. And I, anytime I go to the Northeast, I, my home state, New York, I always kill my birds there. So, well, I, I mean, I can tell you from my side of it. For the last about like you, it was 2020 or I guess it was 2021. It's when I really dug in to kind of add multiple states on top of Indiana and you're like, you know, I'd like to chip away at this a little bit. And then since then, yeah, 22 and then this year, 23, I've kind of just added to each year. Um, mm-hmm. So for me, in comparison to you counting Indiana and I guess Michigan, I went back to Michigan again to hunt. I did nine states. And we, that's awesome. That's then that's a new high. Tiring, isn't it? yeah it all like you said kind of becomes a blur no doubt um yeah but i tell you what i would do it i'd wake up and do it tomorrow morning i drive from here to california without even blinking an eye (laughs) well let's let's go i'll pick you up halfway man um all (laughs) righty but i i'm looking at you know i i surpassed by like a few states and i had nine and to think you did 15 it's like wow that's that's, that's incredible. I, I'm not going to lie. I uh, I could have done a few more, but my wife was like, you know what? You better you better quit while you're ahead. Our, we don't need to spend all of our money on one turkey season. <laughs> For real. So, you, so you've always kind of had a little bit of a, you know, which I enjoy that. I've mentioned before, and I've heard some other ones say it. Like, you, you come down to where before Kansas comes in and then after Kansas goes out, so you kind of have your back against the wall like you did this year trying to get get it done and yeah like every every spring the month of april is really hard for me so like that's kind of why like new mexico 
I, that one's been kicking me in the butt for three years now. I've been trying to get down there, and I just, I just couldn't. You know, I had hunters coming in. I just didn't have enough time. And and this year, I was like, you know what? I, I've got a two and a half, three day window from time I pull out, time I pull back in when hunters come in. I got to make it happen. And a buddy of mine, Jay Vincent, he uh, he hopped in the truck with me, and we we sent it to New Mexico, and we each I killed my first morning there. And, uh, so the pressure was off for me. I, you know, I checked New Mexico off. I think that was number 42 for me. And, um, that next day, um, I was laughing and I, I'm a very humble person. I really don't like to brag. I don't even want to say this because it sounds arrogant, but I was on a 20, I think I killed a turkey or watched a turkey die 20 straight days. And, uh, it was seven o'clock that night in New Mexico. And I was looking at Jay and I said, man, this stinks. My my streak is broken and uh we stopped at one more spot to put a bird to bed and i'm not kidding matt a bird gobbled inside of 80 yards just down over this canyon or up up on top of the canyon we're just below them and we had them dead in 10 minutes <laughs> just, i was like are you kidding me this is you spoke pretty crazy you spoke too soon <laughs> <laughs> i did <laughs> Well, it was pretty awesome. That that's. I bet I've had a really good turkey season this year. It seemed like everywhere I went this year, a turkey was gobbling. He wanted to die. Yeah, I I had a blessed season as well. I know several others did too. And we'll we'll really talk about how how your season was with the the role you got on. So you come back from New Mexico and finish your clients, and and you head out and you go to Kentucky and. Kind of take us, yep. take us, take us from there if you don't care. Is okay, yeah. These so I pull into Kentucky. You had, my you uh, had, my had, good buddy had, Casey. You had seven states, right? You had seven states left. Uh, I had uh, yeah, yeah, seven states left, but um, yeah. So I had Kentucky, Delaware, Maryland, Virginia, North Carolina, and West Virginia to do, um, and that little run that I had. And like I said, I did all those in seven days. And excuse me, Mar- I don't know if I said Maryland or not. Um, but anyways, I had all those states to do, and I finished those up. And I uh, headed back to Kansas. I picked up my wife and kids. And the only state I lacked was Vermont. And I held off doing Vermont for a couple of weeks. Um, I lost my father to cancer a few years ago, and his birthday is May 26th. And before this turkey season I told my wife that I would love to wrap up my U.S. Slam on his birthday. So I, uh, the pressure was off after after I killed in uh, West Virginia. That was number 48. And so going up to Vermont was pretty bittersweet. And I wanted my buddy Trev with me. Trev's, Trev and I had started this together. And um, my funds kept me from, from staying with him on our Slam. We wanted to finish them together. So I really wanted Trev with me to, to wrap it up. And my obviously my wife was with me. I wanted her there. And my other buddy, Evan Walsh, was was there. So it was pretty pretty cool to wrap up my U.S. Slam on my dad's birthday. I, I recall that, how it unfolded. And, um, again, not really knowing you at all, just like social media stuff and, and hearing about you. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, didn't know all those details. But, you know, w- when you go to Vermont and, and – you kill your turkey and you kind of you you pour out the story. Yeah, that was really incredible. I, I even want to say there was something about when you when you pulled into the farm, like the time. Was there? Something? Yeah, listen to this. This is this is pretty wild. I mean, 
I, uh, I kind of have a lead foot. If anybody knows me, I, I tend to send it a little bit. I'm surprised I don't have speeding tickets on my name, but I don't. But anyways, um, I, uh, <laughs> I kind of got up ahead of Evan and Trev quite a few miles and I had seen a turkey. Uh, you know, we we're just, we we're headed up to the very, um, uh, I'd say northeast corner of Vermont. Uh, Trevor, Trevor and Doc had a property up there that they, they funded in the years past. So we were making our way up that way. And um, I'd seen a turkey on the side of the road in a cloud field. And again, I had a lead foot and I was going too fast and I couldn't tell what it was. So I, I pulled over and obviously on the interstate, you don't want to back down an interstate. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I just stayed there and I called Trev and I gave him my mile marker number and he gave me his and I told him, when you see me slow down and look to your right, see, see if that's a gobbler. Or, you know, we had, I had no idea what it was. It's no, it's a turkey. And uh, it happened to be a hen. So we pull back out and I'm going up ahead of them guys. And I called Trevor. I was like, Hey, why don't you guys, I'll, I'll slow down. I'll let you guys, cause we're about 45 minutes from getting up to the property. And, uh, I told Trev and Evan to, to go past me. And as they're going past me on the interstate, I look over at them. And I'm smiling at Trevor and he looks, I could see his eyes, he and Evan, I could see their eyes look over the hood of my, uh, explore and their eyes got huge. And I knew right there and we were on, we were on speakerphone and they both were like gobbler, gobbler. So it was pretty, it was pretty cool. And, uh, we, uh, I went and door knocked and the, the lady and her son were super nice. They gave me permission. So, uh, from that point I watched, I think it was about two o'clock when, uh, Trev and Evan saw that, that Turkey, that strutter. And, uh, I, um, I got permission on the property and I snuck up on the property and I spotted him and, uh, I think he had four hens four or five hens and two Jake's. And I watched them for six and a half hours, uh, up until fly up. So I had a pretty good, uh, beat on them. That's and uh, the next morning, the next morning, it it, it was pretty crazy because it was so foggy. I'm not kidding, man. And we could, when we were walking out in the field, we all were like grabbing shirt tails, you know, almost it was so foggy. We couldn't see. And we got in there at three in the morning because it, I watched them fly up and I just, you know, the, the scenario, there was no trees anywhere and we're right off the highway. So there was a clump of bush about 140 yards right straight out in front of them and we all nestled in that big bush there and we never, we heard him fly down, but we never saw him. And all of a sudden he just came up over the knob and I don't, I personally don't hunt with decoys, but you know, as a Turkey hunter, I want to kill a Turkey. And I knew without having, you know, any trees and whatnot, we're sitting in the middle field. I knew a decoy was, you know, was the plan of the attack on that one. And gosh, he came running right up and yeah, it was history after that. <laughs> Yeah, what a what a story, man! And what what was, yeah. was 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 I like off base there? Was I accurate with something about that morning before you guys even went in? Like, I feel like I read like what time it was when you got there. It was the same. Yeah, we pulled. We got there at okay. So yeah, I lost my father on March 11th, and um, I pulled into the gate and I looked at the. Uh, I knew that was my sign that it was going to happen because I pulled into the gate of the property and it said 311. So that's incredible. I thought that was kind of ironic. Well, good for you, man. I'm glad that all came together. And I, yeah, thank you. It was, it was pretty awesome.
you I'm very very blessed and I'm very grateful for the opportunity I had and I've met so many wonderful people doing this and many great friends and I talked to a lot of them today um they're just it's just awesome that's that's one of my favorite parts about travel and honestly it's not about pulling the trigger you know when you start getting into your upper 20 30 states you know you obviously you want to pull the trigger and, and kill them but there's there's more to it there's way more to it than just pulling the trigger on turkey yeah 100 percent. and i i can look back and you know even even now with whether it's we haven't met but just talking to you and you know got to meet trevor and then you got doc up the road here just certain people that you come in contact with not to mention like the handfuls of just landowners that will let you hunt on them and you keep in contact with them and you grow these relationships that's far beyond just turkey hunting it's it's incredible yeah it really is it is i, I it's 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 amazing for sure and it's it's amazing what a turkey can do for us yeah and you and i always think that too and i've heard it from other people it's not like i came up with it but you find yourself in these areas and these spots and you would not there's no beach there. There's nothing that would really draw in a crowd. Like you would not be there if it wasn't for hunting. That's right. The, yeah. The turkeys. Yeah. What on earth am I doing in, in Arizona <laughs> or Nevada? For real. You know, in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I know words can't put it, you know, how it would have been, but what was it like when you, you know, you squeezed off on that turkey and you, know, you touched off on him at your 49, that's your, your completion. It's on you know, it was, yeah, it was it was bittersweet, man. It, it really was. Like it was almost sad pulling the trigger. I, I know it sounds people probably can't wrap their heads around it, but right before I pulled the trigger, I, I thanked God and I said happy birthday to my dad, and and I pulled the trigger, and it was like I said, it was bittersweet. It was pretty, it was pretty cool, pretty cool and pretty humbling and just awesome. All you know, it was just fantastic. There, there's some of these, and, and, yeah, there's some of these. After it was over, I was just, I'm sorry, go ahead, Matthew. No, no, you go ahead. You carry it on, man. Oh, it's all right. I, I was pretty much done. I was just rambling, honestly. <laughs> hey, rambling's good. I, I was just going to say that, that some of these people that I know of, that when they completed their slam, it kind of came with unique fashion. And no doubt about it, yours has to be right up there with all the, you know, finishing it and some of the coincidences and how you lined it up. And you wouldn't have been lining it up for that to happen if you don't go back and kind of run the gamut in seven days and kill six yeah. turkeys, you know, with <laughs> traveling. So I, I'm sure it was a pretty I, emotional moment when, when you were able to touch off on that turkey, just tears of joy. Yeah, I'm so yeah, I was surprised. I, I guess I didn't shed a tear just because I had my two buddies in front of me. But um, <laughs> I, uh, I was pretty emotional under, under my breath, so to speak. Sure, absolutely, man. Just crazy how it all just comes together. Yeah, and no, uh, one thing I'd like to say too is um, I used my dad's gun from start from state number one to state number forty nine. I uh, this gun is older than me. It's probably 38 years old it's an old 1187 remington um and it was it was pretty cool to say that i've killed 49 states with one gun that is pretty impressive man you <laughs> you squeezed off on every <laughs> single one of them from from the time yeah you... and I, I think i'm gonna i'm gonna hang that gun up i'm gonna 
probably make like a shadow box or something for it and and put it in my father's name and maybe when my kids get older and big enough i'll i'll hand it down to one of my boys man wow to, to say you went through all those states with that gun and a lot of stuff just ties together there that, that's really yeah you know that gun had never never failed me not one time you know never jam never nothing i mean that, that gun has been pretty pretty amazing i would like to say they don't make them like that anymore <laughs> yeah for sure um that, that's incredible do you do you run any kind of optic do you like any anything like that or you just go iron sights no sir i'm i love i grew up shooting with a scope Okay. I have a scope on my shotgun, and I actually got Trevor turned on to it. He loves it now too. Um, I personally like the scope just because when they get in the brush, I can I can literally see their eyeball blinking. And when you have a bead, you're kind of guessing. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, you know, I know there's some guys that are gonna say, you know, that's that's cheating, blah blah blah. But I don't know. I personally like to see them blinking before I pull the trigger. <laughs> <laughs> for sure man like it's kind of, yeah no doubt it's a little disturbing to say that but it's kind of cool to watch them blink and look around work <laughs> that that is pretty incredible i've never used like an actual scope uh, I, I i switched over and started using a red dot a few years ago and it's made a world of difference i really enjoy it how is that red dot do you like it yeah, compared to just using the old bead iron sights, yeah, absolutely, I love it. Yeah, yeah, I, especially I could see it being real beneficial for like a youth or a beginning hunter, or even myself at times, because you don't yeah. you don't have to have your cheek on the gun. It's a reflex, the reflex version. So as long as you've got that that dot pointing where you want it to go, that's supposedly where the the payload's going to be heading to. So. Um, yeah, that's right. And like uh, with my wife, her first ever turkey she shot, um, she missed it. And I was sitting right over her shoulder. I'm like, gosh, dang, she was steady as a rock. How did, and you know, she was shooting with a bead. And the only thing I could think of is she was looking over top of her bead. She wasn't bearing down on it, you know. Yeah, sure. And, you know, heck, as you said before, I've gotten to wear, unless it's just a circumstance where I know I've got to and I'm, you know, driving my truck, not flying. I may have a decoy or I most likely I will not. So I typically find myself in some unique positions and mm-hmm. I could easily see myself not having my cheek where it needed to be looking right down the top of the rib, putting that side where it needed yeah. to be. So I, I think the, uh, I think the red dots definitely got me some more turkeys and something else I like too is with that holographic, you know, I'm able to see below it and all around it to where if I was looking down the top of my gun, it's almost like the bottom half of everything else is just blocked off. Um, yeah. Yep. I, I kind of like seeing where the dot is and seeing above below and each side really well. Um, so yeah, I, 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 yeah, I would personally have to say that's more of an advantage with the red dot compared to the scope. The scope is probably more like looking down the bead, you know, you kind of bury into that scope and you kind of lose what's around you a little bit. Yeah. That man, that's really cool that you got the same gun and and went through the whole slam. I I can't say that about mine. I I've, I've kind of gone through some different shotguns, and you know, you you look back and think, man, it'd been cool to just have like the same gun go through all those states and kill all those turkeys. So yeah, it's yeah, it was probably I I've, I've been wanting to get a new gun for a few years, and and I look back and I was like, you know what, I'm I'm in. I'm, got 30 some states done and i've used the same gun i need to i need to finish this with this gun yeah just incredible how how many of those states of the 49 do you think trevor was with you 
Oh, he had to been at least 30, 30 plus, I'd say, close to it. And you guys would usually, like, when you would kill a turkey and you would take a picture, did you guys have some sort of, like, little little turkeys that you would sit there with you? <laughs> and what, and what, yeah, that's my thing. Yeah, what's the, I call that's my gobby wood. That's <laughs> my dad, my father had given me this for Christmas a long time ago, and I just have always set it out in my photos. And um, Trav, he loves it too, so I bought him one, and now he puts it in his photos. It's kind of our thing. Yeah, I, I you know, it's with the, the craze of social media, whenever it was a few handful of years ago, and. I noticed that there's like, wait a minute, what the heck? what is that? It's like this <laughs> this hidden turkey. Sometimes he's hiding in my photos too. You got to look hard. Sometimes I'll, I'll hide him. No, that's almost like what it was. Like that's freaking kind of creepy, but cool. Like there's this little turkey sitting. There. Yeah. So are those? Just, <laughs> is that just like a little plastic type, you know, figure that you'd get at a store? Yeah, it's just a little solid plastic painted turkey. Yeah, I've actually got one of those. I had a a family at school for Christmas one year gave me this little almost like a this little toy set then it had like a hunter in it and then it had like a gobbler and like a an alert upright gobbler it was like this whole type thing but oh man that's really cool yeah i like that that's neat it sounds pretty similar to what you're talking about like a little plastic yeah it does yeah so yes people seem to get a kick out of that when they see that (laughs) so your dad had i've had a lot of people ask me that question yeah (laughs) i wanted to make sure i asked you about that because i felt like that was kind of like your signature thing for a a post kill and i i in the back of my mind kind of became it yeah yeah so what really what what tripped that trigger no pun intended uh like i said my father he uh, he bought it for me one christmas a long time ago and um i just I uh, I think I just threw it in my turkey vest, honestly, for some odd reason. And uh, I remember I killed a turkey, and I, I saw it, and I was you know, I'm going to stick this out here and, and uh, take a picture of it. And then when I lost my father, you know, I, because he bought it for me, I kind of do it in honor of him now. Sure. Yeah, absolutely, man. That's cool. And it, I, I'd be lying if I said uh, I wasn't thinking in the back of my mind when, when Trevor and I had hooked up and just got to hunt one morning together. I was like, man, if I kill a turkey, I wonder if he's got that. What if he's got his little turkey? <laughs> he does, man. He does. I was like, man, if we kill one, what if he'll have that little turkey thing with him? I'll be able to ask him about that. But uh, yeah, what little I was—that's pretty funny. Yeah, what what little I was with Trevor and got to meet up and hang out and then hunt together. Of course, he uh, definitely, you know, he's for, a killer, man. Yeah, for his age and just what he's been able to. To go to go through, and I'd love to have him on the podcast sometime. Which he's also in the outfitting side of things, so able to yep. sit back and just really yep. soak up a lot of the stuff that he had to say and, and do. And he's a heck of a caller himself. And um, yes, he is. Yeah, yeah, it was a pleasure. Yeah, don't ask him to purr though. He's gonna he's gonna look at me and, and give me a dirty look. But don't ask Trevor to purr on a mouth call. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a that's a that's a tricky one. You know what? Oh, it is. Yeah, man. Um, I'll have to ask him about that though. Yeah, you will. You will. Ask him if uh, you have him on your podcast to to do a live uh, purring sequence. <laughs> I I I sent him some mouth calls. I'll ask him to to purr with one of the mouth calls I sent him. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> no, we love you, Trev. Just picking on you, buddy. <laughs> yeah, but hey, man, what a what a wealth of knowledge! And I was just picking his brain and trying to soak it all up as much as I could, and just. Heck of a hunter. I wish we could have got. I wish we could have hunted more together, and hopefully in the future we can again. But uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a pleasure to be out there with him. So, 
That's awesome. I'm glad you got to meet Trav. He's a good guy. Yeah, he just ha- I look at him as like a brother. Yeah, he just happened to be up uh, in that neck of the woods, and we kind of got in touch and hooked up, and it was really cool, man. Um, this was my first year. I don't know. Have you gotten to hunt in June often, Matt? Yeah. Yeah, um, I hunted Maine in, in June. Yeah. Uh, a couple times, so. Yeah, this was my first year to do so, and it was it definitely was different. Um, but just being able to carry on and still be hunting, you know, I took full advantage of it. My wife and I, with us being in Indiana to get to where I am in Michigan, where I hunt and I've developed some relationships up there in the last three years, this is my third year going. Um, it's just like, Oh, nice. It's like a five hour drive. So, um, Oh yeah. That's a nice little, little chip shot for you. Yeah. And then my, you know, it's kind of a double double thing my my wife loves it up there and we're able to stay yeah there. michigan's pretty yeah we're able to stay there in this town and she doesn't need the vehicle she just gets up you know does her thing walks around and i'll hunt till like oh noon. wonderful yeah i'll hunt till like noon or one o'clock or something and um just mm-hmm. be but this is the first year i'd gone up in june and we scheduled it to where i told her i wanted to be there on the fifth, I want to give at least three days. And I was familiar with the place, yada, yada, but I want to give three days. I was, I want to be there the fifth, the sixth, and the seventh. I want to go as long as we possibly can. And yeah, outside of Trevor, I had another buddy come in who had also completed his U.S. Slam last year. And he hunted. Oh, one, nice. Yeah. Very he, nice. Yeah. He hunted one morning, which was the seventh. And uh, he, he killed his turkey on uh, June the seventh, man. So it was really cool to, to get a turkey. Was that for him day. to wrap it up? No, he had actually finished his a little bit earlier in the year um, with, P- okay. with PA. I think he was in PA opening day of their season and, and finished it there. He just had one state. Nice. So, Very uh, nice. Yeah, it was cool, man. I got mine on the 6th. He came in on the 7th and just really able to extend it. But I've, I don't know if you had done much in June or not, you know, with the way some season. I love them late season turkeys. They're awesome. If you get one to gobble, he's a uh... – He's in trouble. <laughs> it was it was really it was different, you know. Where I'd been up there before, like in mid May, maybe a little bit later May. Um, yeah, still just tons of turkeys, and they were they were doing it, but a little bit of a difference there. But it was still really cool. I freaking loved it. Yeah, Michigan's a good state. I uh, I killed a couple Michigan birds. I'm actually I'm almost halfway done with my second slam, so I'm already planning planning next spring for what states i need to chop off <laughs> yeah it, it never i don't think it's ever gonna end <laughs> it, it's never gonna end is it okay. no i mean doc he's on he's going on number five i believe he wrapped up four but arizona, arizona got him this year unfortunately so he didn't get number five down but i know what that's tough. i think it'll be a long yeah it'll be a long time before i get up to doc's numbers <laughs> <laughs> says everybody yeah, that's right. Yeah. He is, he is, he's my mentor in the turkey woods, man. I mean, he's, he's incredible. I, uh, I typically, when I hunt with people, they always, they always want me to do all the calling and whatnot. And, and again, like with Doc, he'll, he'll ask me to call, but I just love watching Doc move through the woods. It's, it's a treat, man. Just the way, the way he walks, you can tell every step from the time he shuts the door is a methodical, you know, he's, he's hunting. He's, He's not messing around. He is. He's out there to kill a turkey. All business. All business. Yeah, that's right. Yep. There to. There. Just the way he walks through the woods, it's it's fun to watch. It's 
if anyone ever gets invited to hunt with Doc, I highly recommend you uh, you take them up on it. And uh, if you have something going on, you need to cancel it, even if it's your anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> well, the, the good thing I'm is- serious. Doc is he's a lot of fun to be in the woods with. He's he's really cool to watch hunt. First of all, who who's silly enough to get married during turkey season? So I don't have that issue. Um, and I'm, I'm sorry, yeah, sorry, me neither. So I'll say sorry, Matt, if you if you did, I didn't mean to offend you. But um, no, sir, I got married in uh, late December, so I I made sure I didn't do it during any hunting season. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, if I if I get <laughs> if I can be lucky enough to get an invite from Doc, you better believe I'm going to be there. So yeah, you have to you have to do it for sure. Yeah, and, and Matt, with your calls, do you do you make your own mouth calls? Did you buy some sort of like press cutter or jig or anything? You know, um, someday I, I want to. Um, I feel like if you want to separate yourself from from the next guys, I feel like all these guys that are, are winning, you know, they they all make their own calls. But um, I uh, I'm sponsored by a, a guy by the name of Travis Rapp. Um, he owns Affliction Game Calls. He's out of Missouri, and I've been running their calls for probably four or five years now, and I absolutely love him, man. I, I literally use his bat wing every single day. It's my go-to diaphragm, and the day I die, I'll still use that mouth call. I mean, it's it's my favorite call, hands down. And I can pretty much do anything and everything with that call. When you When you find one that works, you stick with it, you know, and it's – I've got a press and cutter and I, yeah, yeah. I bought one last fall and I, I can make a call and I've got one that I had this year that I just, I loved. And it's so freaking difficult. Even when you got it all and you've made hundreds of them to replicate that call, it's just, it's incredible. Yeah. I've noticed that too. It just, I mean, I get a lot of, you know, the diaphragms from Travis and um, they're all the same, you know, they're all bat wings and, Sometimes one just seems like it just does a little better than that that last one, you know. Yeah, it's it it's crazy how that works. But I'm obviously you know doing the same cut, doing everything. Everything's the same, same material, same. Strength. Have you found that since you've you've bought in a press and and whatnot, have you found out that your calling has gotten better? Or? Oh, there's no doubt. Um, no doubt, yeah. But, well, there's a couple factors there. One, yeah, I think with build mine and tinkering with different stretches and. Just making them. That's it, right. Yeah, it's gotten me to just call more. But I also last year got involved in some some calling contests. So I called more last fall, winter, and spring than ever before. And it, oh, nice. It definitely elevated things. Like I, I didn't, I didn't do that great in the calling contests per se. But I know that it's nerve wracking, isn't it? Yeah, and I, <laughs> which is yeah, and I, I, I know if anything, it, it elevated my game in the woods and i tell you what else it did it it got me to listen to more hens you know listen to more audio files paying more attention to the hen side of things than the than the gobblers um that's right so so i think just taking that and anytime you can add something to your arsenal it's it's going to improve and and help you out i always enjoyed the calling but definitely put a lot more effort into it once i got my uh, own equipment for sure yeah yeah, yeah. I don't, if anyone's listening, I don't recommend getting into calling competitions. It's it's no fun and it's it's stressful. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I always said that 
you know, I'm, when I'm at school, I'm always turkey calling. <laughs> so I've got some of the toughest critics ever. And that's a bunch of, Oh, you sure do. A bunch of kids telling me that I sound like a duck and who knows what else. <laughs> like, <come. laughs> That's funny. So I felt like, man, if I can withstand all this tough criticism from kindergarten to sixth graders, I can surely go to a contest and hold it together, but definitely different. Yeah. You have no, you have no problem. All right, Matt. How'd you do in your competition? Ah, uh, man, not not that great. I just I just didn't have that edge yet that could really right could really sound turkey enough, I guess. And I think yeah. too, like some nerves. You get up there and you just I don't know. It it, it affected me a little bit, but I, I were you uh, friction or air? Yeah, I would always go in and do air. I'd always run a air. Okay. Yeah, I, I would run my mouth calls. Yeah. Yeah, and as as you know, I mean, if you want to run a, a diaphragm to your ability, you know, you can run. Your breathing has to be very, very calm. You know. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and when you get up on that stage, if you got a little bit of nerves going, it does not. <laughs> it doesn't help. Mouth starts drying up a little bit, and it just doesn't. Yeah, that's what that's what got me honestly is the. Uh, I've never gotten cottonmouth, you know, while I'm trying to turkey call, and it, it just really threw me off. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so I think I ran into some of that, and I just didn't dive into it enough to really get after it, but I did practice a lot. I had a couple mentors kind of helping me with some things and giving me opinions and yada yada, and it, I got better, and that was no doubt, but just still not good enough to go up and just really compete and place well with you know, some of the best calls. Yeah. So, yeah, but it was cool. I went to a few, I did it. And, um, again, I think it definitely didn't hurt my calling ability. So I think it just upped that in the woods for what it's worth trying to turkey call and turkey hunt. So, um, mm-hmm. good experience nonetheless. Absolutely. And it, it, you know, gets you calling. Yeah. It got you focused on the turkey even more. So, yeah. Help it. I, I always pride myself on woodsmanship over my calling, but obviously good calling definitely helps. Sure. And having that confidence to know that you can make a certain call or when to make it. And I I think that too was something else. Just absolutely putting more ears on hearing the turkey and what they're saying, how they're saying it, and not just always yap, 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 just some of that subtle stuff and really practicing that. Um, Correct. Which I've got yep. them out here in the backyard, so I can go out any time and just listen to them do just that gravelly. Just man, that's I'm jealous. I've always wanted to raise raise some hen turkeys just for that reason to be able to go out and listen to them. Well, I, <laughs> that's pretty cool. I've got some poult hatching out, so I'll put some in a box and I'll mail them to you. Okay, that sounds like the plan. <laughs> your wife, your wife might not be happy about it, but eh, well, <laughs> honestly, she tells me to get some, so it's really it's my fault. So all right, well, I'll, I'll try to get them sexed or whatever, and find out and get you a hint, <laughs> and you can just keep it keep it rolling. <laughs> okay, I'll hold you to it. <laughs> so, so Matt, lastly here, and I'll we'll kind of wrap things up. Um, you completed your forty nine states. I guess it'll be two things. What is a tip throughout your travels and hunting and just your success. You said woodsmanship and I'd like you to be a little bit more specific with some things, but what's, what's one tip you could give to people when they're traveling and they're going out of state, they're going to new places. Uh, do your research. Uh, make sure you, you re- research the rules, regulations of every state before you go. Um, I'm not gonna say names, but I had a buddy this spring. He, um, 
he went up north to North Dakota and was trying to buy his tag. And uh, the place was closed. He couldn't even hunt that next day. And they were, he happened to get there on a Friday and they weren't, they didn't open back up till Monday. So he, uh, and he was on, on a reservation. So you can't, you can't just go online and buy your tag. So he kind of got, you know, screwed out of that. So I would have to say, really do your research and, and make sure you know the rules because every state's super different. And when you're combining and, uh, states together, thing, it's tough. Yeah, and another thing is honestly, check the weather. You know, when I when I did uh, that Kentucky t- Kentucky run through Delaware, Maryland, I was I was constantly looking at my weather, and I kind of got into a predicament. Like, do I want to shoot to Delaware? Do I want to go to North Carolina? Like, how's the weather going to be in each state? You know, because I had a few days to do all. You know, between those three and um, Kentucky, for example, I pull in Kentucky and it was 20 mile an hour winds. It was hailing. It was raining. And I said to myself, I said, you ding, you dummy. I was like, this isn't your first rodeo. You should have looked at the weather and and planned a little better. Because, I mean, when you're, you know, everyone works, you know, they take time off vacation. They only have a couple days. So you want to, you really want to make your days count. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. And that you kind of mentioned driving a lot and traveling that way. Is that typically what you do unless you're on a time crunch? You'll just get behind the wheel and drive? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, and I, I'm not like Doc. I don't have a van, but I, uh, I have a, a big truck. So I, I'm a little guy. So I just uh, throw a memory foam in my uh, back seat when I'm not traveling with, with a buddy like Trev. And uh, I'll just crash in on my floor in my back seat. But when I'm traveling with Trev, <laughs> you'll get a kick out of this. We, uh, which you probably saw a setup, didn't you? When you when you met him up in Michigan. Yeah, we jumped in my truck, but yeah, I saw the back of okay. his truck. He's got the uh, like the decked stuff and things like that. Yeah, he, he and I just uh, cuddle right up in the back there, and we travel together. <laughs> nice. That's our sleeping arrangements. Heck yeah. <laughs> but, Man, you got to save money. Those hotels, they're way too expensive. Dude, that'll just drain you right there quick. And, you know. Yeah, if you're trying to do, I mean, if you're doing one state or two states, you know, hotel ain't too big of a deal. But when you're trying to get six states done, you just got to tough it up and sleep in the truck. It it doesn't matter. And I got my truck, kind of went through and got it all set up in these last handful of years and have it a certain way. But even this year, we're. Well, in Hawaii, too, I did the same thing, slept in my vehicle. But this year, I had to fly a couple times. And, dude, I just mm-hmm. – I either lay in the back or I lay, the front, right there. or I lay the front seat back. I am not – I cannot go spend on top of what I'm already doing money to stay in the hotel. I just can't do it. You're not kidding, man. And I saw I saw you were out west, correct? Yeah. I, this, this spring? Yeah, I went Pacific Northwest, and I went to the Northeast. And both of those occasions – I flew, and I'm pretty new to the flying game. I obviously had to do it for Hawaii, but uh, yeah, 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 dude, just jump in the yeah. So if, if anybody knows, those Western tags are expensive. They they are not cheap. They so. they are the way they got it set up, and you got to get the tag. Yeah. you got to get the tags separate. They they put a price tag on those. They they do, yeah. They they definitely do. Um, which you know I don't mind it. Might keep some some people away. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> But when you look at the expenses, you're thinking, well, no, I definitely don't have money to go spend elsewhere now. Yeah, kudos to them. And I've got no problem spending money for a, a turkey tag or whatever. I know it's going to a good cause. So uh, That's right, yeah. 
but yeah, man, uh, also not being tied down to maybe a hotel or a place like you were saying with the weather, when you, when you've got your ride or you got your rental vehicle, you can just bounce and go wherever you want to based on weather, success, non-success. You Correct. Can, you can just be yeah. on the road. Um, yeah. So Kentucky, I'll jump back to Kentucky. I got there, you know, it was raining. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to head to the other part of the state. I looked up the weather, the weather was good. And I, uh, I sent it there and, you know, I killed my bird that, that, uh, afternoon. So it just goes to show you, you really, you should pay attention to all the variables. Sure. Now, what about, and I'll add to it a little bit, when you get to where you're going and you start the hunting process, what's a, what's a tip you can give there? You've got everything strapped on, um, you're going, guns over your shoulder, you're locked in. What What's what's a big tip? Yeah, look for look for water, man. Look, look. Uh, I, I'm always trying to be around a, a creek somewhere. Um, uh, look, look at your vegetation, you know. Um, I guess I've been doing it so long, I can just get into an area and I can tell it's turkeyish. Um, it's kind of hard to explain, um, but but yeah, and I, I try to get away from people. But you know, if I see some vehicles parked on this piece of public, I'm just gonna go find another piece. Sure. And so I know that was something Trevor and I discussed, and I don't want to spoil too much because I'd love to get him on sometime. But him and I both agreed. Yeah. And you may feel the same way since you two have hunted a ton together. I've learned, which each year I feel I get a little bit better with it, you know, as compared to when I first started traveling and getting to new areas, you're a little more precise and efficient. And something I've definitely yeah. learned, my approach anyhow, is I try to get somewhere new and don't just go in somewhere head first and jump in and you, you don't know a whole lot about it from being there, but I, I like to invest a little bit of time in the road. Like when you get to that area, you know, burning up some pavement, traveling around, looking, trying to prospect and cover a lot of ground that way and get a good feel yeah. and grasp on that area. Total, totally. And, um, just kind of go from there as opposed to just jumping in head first in one little spot and wasting half of a day and walking five miles. That's just my perspective. That's right. Now in some places, it goes know, quick. Yeah, that also depends on where you're hunting. If it's a giant, humongous chunk of national forest, then you don't really have as much of that option. But places with ag and a lot of stuff you see through the Midwest and Northeast and even out West, man, I really think that if, if, if you can cover a lot of ground and lay your eyes on a bunch of different turkeys and door knock, or maybe it is on public, I've, I've realized that you're much more efficient that way. Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, I, I do a lot of driving around. Um, I don't necessarily say I do a lot of road calling, you know what I mean? But, um, I'm hitting up a lot of spots. I don't waste my time. Usually I'm not getting out and just trekking through a chunk of woods for no reason. Sure. Yeah. Um, I'm trying, I'm trying to cover as much ground as quick as possible. Yeah. Just getting those good vantage points where you can see a lot of ground and just, and, and yeah, not necessarily like calling or hunting there from your ride or vehicle, but just seeing a bunch of property and what that may lead into down the road. And you like, I've lost some yeah, time exactly. doing it, but it eventually it pays off. So it, it pays off. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll, uh, I'll say one more thing. It's kind of my little, little secret, but I, I have said, I remember I told you I was on a podcast before this and, uh, um, one of my big things and no one really, really knows about it, but, uh, I, I recommend um, calling a turkey biologist in the state you're going to. They can help you out tremendously. 
I've done it in several states and every single state that I've done in them, they've never let me down. I've, I've had them tell me certain public areas that's getting hit hard or it's pretty birdie there and I'll go there and lo and behold, there's birds, you know? So that's something people should really think about is, is contacting a turkey biologist in, in the state they're trying to travel to. And, and I'm telling you, they'll help you out tremendously. Yeah, that's a good tip. Just taking that time, like you said, initially doing your research and that kind of goes hand in hand with that. And man, it is difficult yeah. as far as you kind of going back on your research side of things. I'm, I'm glad this year, for example, I, very OCD with things and having everything like a plan together and especially with turkey hunting and being efficient. And, you know, I'd already lined out in the Northeast where I was going to be going to hunt and, you know, I'm buying my license, doing all this. And, you know, this day and age, you're used to just getting online and typically, yeah. typically just buying it off the internet or if nothing else, getting it at Walmart or something like that. And I think it was Vermont. Yeah, I think, me and Trev. I think it was Vermont. I saw, it didn't have that option. So I got to diving into it really reading and it was, it was talking about how they, they wanted certain information. And then if you bought it in person, it was only like the mom and pop type stores. And I was like, man, I'm glad New York, you cannot, you cannot buy a turkey tag online in New York. You have to buy it in store. And I I was, I was like, man, I'm glad I caught that. I could, you know, showed up. Absolutely. Could have very well wasted a, wasted a day this way. So I've, certain things like that. And there's been a couple other states. It's just been really off the wall, different from everybody else. And had I just shown up there and thinking it was like the last one, I would have probably lost a day of hunting. Yeah. You could have got burned. Yep. It's easy to do. Yep. Easy. To Folks, do. definitely do your research before you go anywhere. It, it, uh, it helps tremendously. You don't want to just jump in your vehicle and, and go. And, and some of these, some of these pieces of public, uh, like where I was in Louisiana, it was a day by day thing. Um, one day they would be open and uh, next day they'd be closed. It was on an army base. Huh. And uh, so you, you really had to, you had to pay attention. Um, I, uh, I called a few days ahead of time and, and got the, the down low and to make sure it was open. And it, and it was, it was open for, for the four days. So just goes to show you, you know, I could have just ignored that and went down and boom, they're, they're closed. And then what do you do now? You're wasting a half a day trying to find a new area, blah, blah, blah. Yep. So it definitely helps. It, when you're doing it a lot like you have, and, and I, I've been trying to hit it hard to combine in States, it would be easy to accidentally be doing something you're not supposed to just some, some little rule that easy. may be a little bit different. Um, so yeah, definitely, man, just kind of get a plan together. Here's, here's- Bigger. Yeah, here's one for you too on that. I man, me and Trav got so darn lucky. Um, this this is, is kind of random, but uh, I have this thing with churches. Um, anytime I see a church and there's public around it, I have to hunt it. It's, it's just my thing. I have to hunt it. And uh, me and Trav were hunting in uh, northern Mississippi, and he he killed a bird on uh, this piece of property from a guy we knew, and we were headed all the way down to the southern part of Mississippi to another guy and we're driving and I saw a church. I said, Trev, pull over. There's public land right here. Um, I got out, I gave a hoot and two of them gobbled. So we, uh, we slept in the church parking lot that night and we got up and I killed that bird. And uh, as we drove out, um, there was a, a billboard. And that day that I killed that turkey was the first day it reopened to the public. It was a specialty quota and it was, it was public land. 
but it had been a specialty quota deal for the first week of season or whatever it was. Oh, gosh. So <laughs> I got very, very lucky. I didn't get in trouble on that one. I mean, we were 100% legal, you know, if, if a warden had checked us right there. But if I had tried to kill that turkey that evening before and I ran into someone, we would have got we would have got hosed. Yeah, yeah, just little things like that, man. There's just so much that can go. Absolutely. On. So, yeah, and, and I learned after that, you know, that you really need to just, you know, really pay attention to the rules because you can you can get burnt pretty easy, and and some of these states for turkey, every state's different. It seems like. Oh, it is. Yeah, it, even if it's like chunks of states right there close together, one it could be just completely off the wall different than the next one. So. Yeah, that's a good point. You're right. 100%. I'm glad you said that because there's a piece of management just down the road from it. There was no rules, no specialty. It was day one to day to the last day you could hunt it. Yeah. Anybody. So definitely easy to do. Well, yep. Matt, again, thank you so much for your time, man. It's been great to, to get to talk to you and get to know you. And um, it's cool that some people that are, you're real close to, I've gotten to meet and kind of tie some things together. And it's, awesome to hear your story how you wrapped up your slam and all the you know coincidental things that went into that and your preparation so really cool to share well, thank you man i really appreciate it man yeah thanks for that's very kind of you yeah thank you so much thanks for sharing all of it man it was really cool and i was eager to get you on to hear about all that and kind of pick your brain a little bit yeah i hope i didn't bore too many people but <laughs> well hopefully the ones out there listening to something like this now they're going to be turkey nuts anyway so i don't think i don't think that's right be, I, don't, I don't think they'll be too bored with it i think you had a lot of great information there for <laughs> sure um i'm just hoping i didn't well, thank you very much I'm hoping i didn't do too much talking um <laughs> well yeah man i'll have to be in touch with you and uh certainly keep up with things and i'll get them turkeys in the mail. hey today. if you ever want to kill a giant whitetail man you know you know who to head up ah man deer hunting that's <laughs> I didn't mention that really outside of are you a, are you a duck hunter i don't do that either man <laughs> no i just hunt <laughs> I, I hunt turkeys and i'll go out for an occasional squirrel hunt maybe a rabbit hunt but dude it's turkey oh cool it's all turkeys turkeys yeah yeah I'm, nice i'm on my second marriage as it is so i, I think my wife <laughs> you better my wife thinks yeah you better be good my wife thinks turkeys is plenty so i better stop at turkeys <laughs> i don't blame you oh man but yeah i'll get them uh well, thank you man i appreciate you having me on that was very kind of you thank you so much oh yeah my pleasure man and i'll get them uh i'll give you a heads up i'll get them pulse in the mail awesome that sounds like a plan. <laughs> Yeah. Well, hey, I will take you up on a diaphragm call, though, if you got a couple kicking around. Oh, yeah. I'd be happy to, to make you some and send them your way. I, I've typically done that with people that's come on the show or just people I've met through, through some hunting. and just. I gladly pay for them, too. I don't want no handouts. I'll gladly pay for them. Nah, I'll, I get something sent your way. But, uh, yeah, we'll touch base with that and figure some stuff out, and I'll, I'll shoot you some. Cool. That sounds like a plan. Thank you again, sir. I appreciate it. And, and again, thank you so much. Yep. Thank you, sir. Appreciate everybody for, for tuning in, listening, and those that are listening to it. When this gets published here in a couple of days, I'm sure you all are uh, eager for some turkey stuff because I think the gears are starting to change over to the deer, and uh, I'm still wrapped up in turkeys as I will be the rest of the year. And the way this new format's going to go now that season is out, instead of trying to put out something every week, be probably trying to do bi-monthly or once a month, throughout the summer, fall months, and then once we get to the new year, 
try to have a lot of stuff built up and get back into um, shows each week as we run into season and have some stuff built up, especially whenever the traveling comes into play next spring. So be looking for the Turkey Talk podcast um, every couple weeks as we get through the summer and fall. And as always, appreciate everybody for listening. Thank you for tuning in to the Turkey Talk podcast. Please leave a rating and write a review as your feedback is important. Turkey Talk Podcast was brought to you by Matthew Myers Custom Calls, Van Meter and Sun Lures, and Iron Horse Gunworks. Check them out on social media to keep up with news and products.